Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by National Roper Supply. NRS has been providing quality Western wear and horse tack since 1989, and they are proud to be the number one Western store in the USA. From functional and fashionable Western wear and horse tack to essential livestock and horse supplies, NRS carries the products you need at prices you can afford. NRS is a one-stop shop for all things Western. NRS also carries our new line of modern cowboy brand apparel, caps, t-shirts, and hoodies, as well as the Cowboy Way protein powder. And for our listeners, use your special discount code, MODERNCOWBOY, at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. And I just would like to thank all of you, our podcast listeners and customers, who have supported the Modern Cowboy brand and have been a part of our community since we launched in 2018, as well as all of the amazing guests who shared their stories on the show. Just remember, Modern Cowboy is the brand for the cowboy in all of us. Today's episode is also brought to you by the 12th Annual Navy SEAL Danny Dietz Memorial Classic. This event will be held on May 28th through the 31st in Decatur, Texas at the NRS Ranch Event Center. The weekend will be filled with team roping, barrel racing, as well as many special guests. So come out and join us in honoring and remembering our fallen SEALs. Proceeds will benefit the Navy SEAL Danny Dietz Foundation and the Navy SEAL Foundation. Go to dannydeetsmemorial.com for all the details and tickets and see how you can help. Today's episode is also brought to you by Twisted X. Twisted X is footwear rooted in comfort. Our shoes are created for real life, real people. Our styles span lifestyle, western work, and outdoor. And Twisted X is dedicated to making a positive impact on the world one step at a time. Support our journey as we support veterans, breast cancer awareness, and eco-conscious efforts. Being rooted in comfort is our legacy. What's yours? Twisted X is available at National Roper Supply, nrsworld.com. And remember to use code MODERNCOWBOY at checkout for 10% off your entire order. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy.
Hey everybody, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. I'm super excited to have my guest on today. Uh, we got introduced uh, through a, a mutual friend and just a great support of the podcast, Chris Douglas. Uh, he's been on the podcast twice, and if you haven't had a chance to listen to his episode, it's either one of them. They're, they're amazing. The guy just... Well, I, I was just so surprised the first time I had him on. He was the first guy I ever had on twice. So that's how uh, um, Greg Putnam and I got connected. Now, Greg uh, is a was a Navy SEAL, and I guess maybe once a Navy SEAL, you're always a Navy SEAL, kind of like the Marines. Uh, I don't know. I may have I may have said that wrong or spoke out of, <laughs> out of turn. I might get I might get chapped here uh, for saying something wrong. But anyway. Oh, not at all. That was fine. <laughs> so, uh, but Greg and I actually, we had the opportunity to meet. He was in Arizona here, gosh, I don't know, a month or so ago. And we, we hooked up and, and had some lunch. And one thing I noticed about uh, Greg immediately is, because I'm wound tighter than an eight-day clock. And uh, Greg is too, man. This guy is, I mean, obviously he's a lot younger than me, but man, he's got energy for days. And he's doing some super exciting stuff. Uh, very cool. Uh, they have a company called Little Belt Cattle Company, and uh, we're going to let him tell us all about it. But, uh, Greg, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Hey, thanks a lot, Dan. I'm really uh, looking forward to being here. And, yes, yeah, since we sat down in Arizona, I've been looking forward to doing this. And I feel like wanting to get the, you know, set the date right. So we had uh, plenty of stuff to talk about with where we're at with our uh, ranch project that we're working on. And then uh, talk about kind of how we got there. And so, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it and greatly appreciate you having us on. Absolutely. So, hey, so let's, let's, I, I know we got a lot of things to talk about. So let's, let's just start briefly. Uh, give us some of your, uh, the, your military background, background, how, how you, you know, got in the military and how long you were there and just, just, you know, give us a, a you know, just kind of a brief overview. Cause I think, I think we're going to, we're going to talk a lot about, about your company, a uh, little belt cattle company. And, and we may just have to revisit some of the Navy SEAL stuff, which I would love to do on, on another episode, but uh, just give us some background on, on that. Yeah, sure thing. Um, so I had an uncle uh, who was a Navy SEAL and I remember when I was in high school, I just graduated high school, and he took me down to Virginia Beach to go to one of his class reunions. Um, and I remember we went to all these different, uh, you know, things that they had going, and and you got to see guys, you know, doing all the things that uh, SEAL team guys get to do. And I just remember thinking, you know, I'm going to do that one day. And my uncle was somebody that I always had looked up to, like my whole life, and um, you know, it was just it, it was somebody that I just, you know thought all, all, all along just uh, was super interesting. And, and when I went to that, it kind of planted the seed. And so um, I was already slated at that point, uh, basically to go to college, uh, which I did. There was a couple of points in that, that time frame that, you know, I thought about maybe just not finishing that and, and going right into the Navy, but uh, kind of made a deal with my folks that I would get, get that wrapped up. Um, and then, you know, kind of from there, uh, Go in kind of any direction that I wanted. So I was really happy I, I wrapped that up. But uh, yeah, so while I was in college, I actually used to do some um, outdoor guiding and fly fishing guiding. And that brought me to like Alaska. And then my cousin was going to school in Montana. Um, and so I had been doing that in the summer times. So and when I graduated college, um, I figured I'd do it maybe for, you know, another season or so. Ended up doing it for a couple of years. Um, in the winter times there, I also worked at, um, uh, ranch in Idaho. Um, and I kind of got to that point where it, the Navy was still something that just like, wasn't leaving my thought process. And it was something that I always had just kind of set my mind on doing. And 
I, uh, you know, was having the, the guiding stuff was going really good. So it was like hard to just stop doing it. But I kind of got to that point where I'm either going to do this or, or not. And at that point, um, with everything that they had going on in the world, they were basically had a program that you could come from a civilian and have at least an opportunity to attend um, SEAL training or BUDS. Um, and so I started going through that process to get one of those contracts. A lot of that's based kind of on, you know, uh, your physical fitness scores and just kind of like, I don't know if I'd call it like, you know, maturity or just, you know, desire to want to do that program. Right. It was also a great recruiting tool for the Navy to get a lot of guys, uh, you know, into the Navy that that wanted to do, you know, or thought they wanted to do that job. Uh, so it just was something that I'd always like really wanted to do. And when I had the opportunity then and was able to get that contract secured, um, that's the direction that he um, ended up going. And so, uh, yeah, we left left Idaho at that point and. Um, Went to Navy boot camp and then down to San Diego for uh, blood strain. So now, if, if I heard you right, you were able to uh, to uh, get into that program initially without being in the in the military, or was that was I hear that incorrectly? Correct. You could get a contract prior to enlisting in the military. That would basically, if you met certain requirements, you know guarantee you as much as the military will guarantee anything that you could at least attend training if you met you know certain requirements were right. most like you know generally physical fitness uh things so when you got to boot camp you had to take the same test and you had to score certain points you know to say basically eligible right but you you at least knew that you had that contract to guarantee you a slot as long as you kind of held up um you know your end of the of the bargain. Gotcha. Now, something you told me uh, when when you were talking about getting into it, there was a lot of people that w- were telling you that, man, that's a tough program. You know, you, you shouldn't do it or whatever. And there was, but there was one guy in particular that told you absolutely do it. Or, or did I get that wrong? No, no. So I mean, yeah, everybody. I think there's there's plenty of seals that have been on, you know, plenty of podcasts and plenty of books and things. So I think most people kind of understand now the process that you go through. Right. Um, but you'd be amazed how many people who've never been through that process, uh, you know, like to give you their inputs on how they think you're going to do. Um, <laughs> you know, and I was a guy like I played sports in high school, but by no means was a standout athlete. Um, you know, I'm five, eight, 165 pounds. Um and all these people that tell you, oh, you know, every guy looks like this, or if you're going to be successful, like you have to be, have done this or that. And um, I just never let that kind of sway my decision. And then, yeah, my brother had a friend um, that was a- actually a Navy SEAL and he got me in touch with him. And I remember I called him and we were kind of talking about it. And he said, look, man, like this is a totally doable thing. Um, these are just, you know, regular regular folks that really want to do that job and i think that's a key for anybody that's interested in any sort of military or special warfare career is it's not the going to training it's not the like kind of testing yourself in the the you know do you have what it takes to get through that it's you really have to want to do that job right and you really want you know you have to have a very strong desire to to do that job really well um and that was something i always had i really really wanted to serve in that capacity and you know i'd had you know from my uncle like i mentioned and then you know i uh my my grandpa was a marine in world war ii you know um my younger brother was um an air force combat controller which is the air force special operations um you know so we kind of had a long history of of service but 
uh, yeah. So I talked to this guy and he's like, listen, man, if I could do it, like, like you can do it. And it's kind of one of those things where people can tell you like what the odds are based on their statistics, but it really comes down to 50, 50, like you're either going to do it or you're not. Right. And that's on you. Um, and you know, through that process, I had just decided that this was something I was going to do. And, you know, I think I was a little bit older at the time when I got in and, um, I had given up a pretty good, uh, deal that I had going for myself. And there's a ton of motivation there. Right. Um, in that you kind of know that, you know, you have a lot to lose right. if, uh, if it doesn't work out. And, but yeah, no, there was a lot of people who you'd be amazed, you know, and I always try, I have people reach out to me now that, that are interested in doing that. And, um, whether it's younger guys or, you know, folks that are graduating college or whatever. And, you know, I, I try to be as open and honest about that process as, as possible, but, but ultimately what it comes down to is nobody knows who's going to make it through those pro if they did, then they would only bring those types of people in. Um, and, and ultimately what it comes down to is like, how bad do you want it? Right. And if you want it bad enough, then, then, you know, it's, it's a very obtainable thing. And like the advice that I got, I mean, it, it, it truly is. It's, it's great people, um, in those programs. Um, but, but there's no superhuman, there's no Superman. Um, it's just comes down to like a extreme desire to serve this country in that capacity. And that was something that was like extremely important to me and really kind of drove me through that whole process. Yeah. Hey, so just uh, give us a little background on, on, uh, you know, what you did, uh, for, you know, your job in the seals. Yeah, absolutely. So after I wrapped up my, uh, training at, at Bud's and SQT in San Diego, I got orders to, um, a SEAL team based out of Hawaii where I went to and spent five years, um, about, uh, working for, um, over there. And, that team is is kind of particular in um, some of the equipment that they use, and it's a lot of of um, underwater and water time. Um, it, it's still even when we had you know a lot of ground based stuff going on at the time. That team really kind of um, maintained its roots in, in maritime operations, and um, you know with that working uh in and under the water has has a number of challenges um and it was was definitely an interesting place to work uh, working underwater a lot you know will get you pretty tight on your like overall systems uh because if you drop something it's gone or you know you spend a lot of time in pretty uncomfortable positions um you know where where you're you're you know, transporting from point A to point B for long durations, um, all under the water, and then have to get out and, and go and do, you know, kind of your general um, SEAL skills, uh, but super cool place, like great opportunity. Um, from there, I went to um, uh, the East Coast, and I worked um, at a couple of places over there, and then I ended my career actually doing training. Um, so training under SEALs that were basically going to be going uh, onto their deployments. And so I taught um, combat diving, obviously, from, from the command that I'd come out of there in Hawaii, I just mentioned. Uh, my skill set there was pretty strong. I, I taught long range uh, in sniper shooting and then tactical ground mobility. And that was the last place I was at uh, before I got out of the Navy. Very cool. Well, I know we can do a whole other episode um, on on your uh, duties and services in the SEALs, and, and I think we just might have to do that. Um, so how long were you in the SEALs? I was in just over uh, nine years. At that point, I um, you know was kind of at that, like, you know, critical decision-making time where, you know, you kind of get over that 10-year mark and, in, in, um, you know, you kind of know you're going to be doing it for the long haul. You know, 20 years gets you to a retirement. Um, I had 
three kids in the process. I'd had an awesome experience. Um, the Navy was amazing. And, and my time in the SEAL teams was awesome. Just like great people, great experience. I uh, wouldn't change any of it. Um, I had had a couple injuries at that time. And, you know, it was just, you know, and a big driving factor was we wanted to raise our kids from a young age um, in Montana. And, um, and so we just kind of got to that point where we said like, Hey, this is a, this is a great opportunity to, to do that because, you know, at that point, um, my oldest daughter was, she was four and then, you know, we had just had our third one and, um, we just kind of said, Hey, you know, this has been awesome and it's time to do something different if we were going to, and we didn't know exactly what that was going to be like, but we knew where we wanted to be. And, um, and yeah, that's so, so after that, we decided in 2017 that it was, uh, was was time to move on from the Navy, and that brought us back out west. So, are you from Montana originally, or no? I'm from Pennsylvania originally, okay. and then after college, I uh, like I said, I spent some summers out here um, with my cousin who who went uh, and played football in Missoula, and uh, so I would come out. I always kind of had a place to stay, and that brought us out here. And then we moved out here right after uh, I graduated college. Cool. So now, what what brought about you know you guys starting uh, this cattle company, and and I know that. You know, you there was a lot of people that uh, you know wanted to voice their opinion on whether or not you could succeed doing it, and, and the way you were doing it, and everything else, um, which I think is super cool because it's 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 innovative, and you guys are are you know kind of blazing a, a different trail in it. Um, but uh, tell tell us about that. How how, how did that happen? And and you uh, and when did you guys start it? By the way, too. Yeah. Um... So we just started it last fall. Uh, we closed on the properties that are now um, Little Belt Ranch, where Little Belt Cattle Company operates off of on um, October 6th of 2020. And so, yeah, it was kind of a long story on uh, on how I got there. So, you know, the military transition can be pretty challenging uh, overall. You know, you're kind of coming off of this, this um, you know, kind of high energy um you know real purpose driven great people very like task oriented something you've wanted to do like your whole life right. and and now you're transitioning away from that um and it could be really hard yeah um it could be hard to find kind of that right next thing um you know i i think it's challenging um you know, trying to, you're not looking for that same experience, but you obviously want something, you know, you're wired probably a little bit different at that point. Um, and so, um, yeah, when I was ready to get out, a very good friend of mine, um, who is my business partner on uh, Little Belt Cattle Company, um, him and I had gotten hurt in the Navy with this like kind of weird diving injury, like right around the same time. And he had had some other injuries from from a number of combat deployments and out slightly before I did, we had kind of made a deal like hey you know he was like I'm gonna get out I want to get you know he's a super smart guy and um real entrepreneurial and just um he he had this idea that that he wanted to get out um and and start you know some companies and uh that was in, he got out in 2015. I got out in 2017. So our deal was like, I was like, Hey, I'm going to do one more deployment and then, you know, kind of see where we're at. But at that point, you know, try to, try to get out. And we, I was super fortunate because one of the companies that he started two companies at the time, one called, um, uh, Bridger Aerospace, which does aerial wildfire, uh, support. So they use, you know, airplanes basically to fight wildfires and they use a lot of kind of the same, you know, 
um, you know, the same way the military basically uses those airplanes on the battlefield, they started applying to these large wildfires. And from a command and control where they're able to actually like help direct uh, movements on the ground through now they actually have these planes that drop large amounts of water. Um, they're called scooper bombers. So as they like basically, you know, almost land on the water, like a seaplane, right. and it's, I'm not a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> so like my, my technical terms might not be perfect here, but so they were able to, uh, to get these big giant scooper bomber type planes that basically come in and as they land on the water, they pull in huge amounts of water into these giant tanks. And then they're able to still deliver that water onto the wildfires. And it's kind of cool because they work in tandem where like they're always either refilling with water or delivering that water. Um, and Tim, uh, my business partner, Tim Sheehy, um, started that company with, with another friend of his and they basically grew that thing from like one plane all the way up. Now they have like a massive fleet and they're, they're one of the bigger aerial water fire companies, um, you know, in the country and they work all across, you know, all regions. And in doing that, they started using these different technologies, one of which were these driver stabilized cameras with different um, sensors in them to help them like actually efficiently deliver um, fire suppression. And, you know, through that, they became like a distribution um, company and then ended up acquiring the uh, company that was building those original cameras. And so I came on board kind of, uh, I was one of the first probably, I don't know, 10 employees um, at that company. And okay. I kind of did everything from business development and sales to product development to, you know, trade shows and rewiring trailers. And it was like, right. honestly, one of those like, like startup deals where like you kind of just, you know, do everything. And uh, we were able to build that company into um, a pretty big, big uh, government defense um, technologies company that ended up getting acquired last summer uh, by a large government defense um, company. And so with that acquisition, um, you know, Tim and I kind of sat down and we were talking about, you know, what um you know just direction you know hey are we right. gonna, are, am i gonna keep doing this or and in that time you know i kind of started getting into um doing the the, the ranching stuff and just going and helping friends of mine whenever i could um you know it was kind of a nice break from from doing the tech stuff which was obviously like far more like you know kind of it, it was still within like an interesting space but you know a lot of computer time, a lot of email, right. a lot of, um, you know, not a lot of like action activity. <laughs> so I would right. kind of go on the weekends, just like my buddies who had, uh, you know, most of them were like multi-generational um, Montana ranchers and, you know, they were super awesome. Like they'd always let me come up and just kind of like help out. And I kind of went in and like, Hey, I want to learn how to do this. I really like doing it. And the more I did it, the more I enjoyed it. And uh, they were like some great teachers and, and just people that, you know, really helped me kind of build that that foundation because uh, it had been a big break since I had done anything like that uh, while I was in the Navy. And right. so I was talking with Tim and I said, hey, um, you know, I've I've kind of been doing this, you know, just side kind of hobby thing. And, you know, I, I really have enjoyed that. I'd like to maybe like kind of pursue down that. And he said, yeah, you know, that's something I've always had interest in. And you know, I'd really like to invest back into Montana. Um, and we just kind of started talking about it. And yeah, so Tim uh, and I were sitting and we were talking about, you know, some different things. And, 
you know, he was very interested in reinvesting into the state of Montana. And they'd always done a great job with with hiring in Montana and building a business in Montana and, and creating a lot of jobs. And, you know, we kind of talked about it and we were looking at it. And this was like, you know, during the the kind of the beginning of the the COVID stuff and starting right. to see some kind of cracks in that that food production um you know pipeline. And we started talking about um you know, how fortunate we were to be in a place where you you knew people that, you know, you could go and you could buy, you know, be from, or I've been a lifetime, you know, hunter. And, um, you know, we always kind of have a full freezer of, of you know, well, just super high quality, um, you know, meats. And my wife or I can just walk over to the garage and grab stuff out of there. And, you know, so you didn't really feel that stress or that concern, but we were kind of right. talking about like, you know, friends of ours that didn't have access to that. And like, you know, how scary that was for people that, you know, they started going to, you, you kind of get accustomed to these different things where, you know, those things started to be affected. And yeah, we just kind of came up with this idea. Um, and, and he'd already been talking to some real estate folks and we started kind of, you know, focusing in on some different, you know, locations in Montana where, where you still could, um, you know, look at buying some stuff more for agricultural type use. And we got really fortunate. We found, um, we found some property and we were able to, to put a couple properties together that had been put back together since like probably 1940. And that was the creation of uh, little belt cattle company and little belt ranch. And I, and do you, do you live right on the ranch too, or? Yeah, I, um, I'm up there probably, you know, 80, 90% of my time. Um, I usually come back, um, to Bozeman Belgrade area for, you know, like Monday, usually Monday, half of Tuesday, something like that, just to get, we're pretty rural where we're at. So gotcha. uh, we usually come back for like a day or so just to get caught up on, you know, whether we have some meetings and uh, it's time usually for like Tim and I to kind of sit down talk about like where we're at, look at kind of where we're going. Uh, Tim still runs both of those companies. And um, so he's pretty busy as far as, you know, his schedule with, with doing all of those. So I usually try to come back and we kind of just sit down and go over everything. Uh, but yeah, I'm out there, you know, the the majority of my time at this point. So you you guys, uh, the other company, the uh, the fire suppression, uh, you know, company, that company was was acquired by someone else. But the, well, there was, t- t- sorry, there was two no. companies. One of them was called uh, Ascent Vision Technologies, and then the other okay. company Tim started was called Bridger Aerospace. Ascent Vision okay. Technologies was acquired um, by a large government defense contracting company. And gotcha. Bridger Aerospace is still um, a, a private company that um, Tim and his brother, who's also a partner on the ranch, um, they they own and operate that company. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, okay. Yep. And they, like cool. I said, they do, they do aerial wildfire support, you know, throughout, you know, they basically have contracts, um, throughout, you know, the entire country and, and have built that. Right. I don't remember exactly how many, I want to say, you know, between the two companies together, it created almost like 300 jobs, um, Man. in Montana. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. You're going to have to get Tim on here at some point. He's a uh, super interesting, um, uh, like very, very smart, extremely entrepreneurial. Um, and, uh, you know, just somebody I can't, he gave me an opportunity, 
you know, when I needed a job and an opportunity, you know, yeah. you know, probably the most, um, that, that again, that transition time is, is kind of a critical point because, you know, it kind of sets your trajectory for where you're going next. And, right. you know, it just worked out that like they needed somebody kind of with my skill set, and, you know, and I needed an opportunity and it was a great time for us to come together and, you know, kind of build this, this really, um, you know, really great, uh, company here. And, and it was a great, you know, time. We learned a lot and we're kind of applying a lot of those lessons learned to starting this ranch project that we're doing now. Yeah. And now, and, and what are you guys doing in terms of, you know, uh, managing your, your beef and, and you guys, is, I, I don't recall, you guys have a cow, a cow calf operation or how are you guys running it? We do. Yeah. So, uh, at Little Belt Ranch itself, we have a cow-calf operation, and then we have some partners that we work with as well um, who um, are from a multi-generational Montana ranch who have been like extremely helpful in, in getting us kind of going, and we wouldn't be nearly as far along um, as we are if it wasn't Stovall Ranches and Turk Stovall uh, and his wife Jenny um, run that, and, and that's a real large operation south of uh, Billings, Montana. And so we have some cattle that that we also um, have down at their place, and then we have um, the the cow calf pairs um, right now up at Little Belt. We're right in the middle of calving, or kind of getting towards the end of calving um, right. right now. And uh, but yeah, that's kind of our our operational model. And um, they run a, a, a feedlot down south of Billings as well. So you know we're trying to build kind of a sustainable. Montana supply chain and ultimately where we'd like to get to is, you know, a hundred percent Montana product that, you know, is born, raised, fed, um, processed. And then, you know, we're, we're looking at some direct to consumer, um, um, you know, sales models. Uh, and then we're also working with some like, you know, pretty high quality, um, uh, you know, really well-established marketed cattle programs. Uh, we're doing both a, a, a premium Angus product as well as a premium Wagyu product. Okay. And then um, in terms of like, uh, you know, feed and, you know, I mean, you know, we, we've got, you know, all these different, you know, things people use in marketing and, and talk about, you know, it's like grass fed only, you know, no hormones ever, that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. What, 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 what's your guys take on that and what are you guys doing? Yeah. So, uh, we're, we're doing a grass fed, um, grain finished product, um, is kind of the, the foundation. Um, we do a, a, you know, what I'll call more along the lines of, uh, we're trying to introduce a lot of like regenerative ranching practices into our overall management of those animals. Um, right. You know, we we have a full vaccination plan. Uh, you know, just like people, um, those animals, you know, need vaccinations to help you know fend yep. off you know uh, illnesses going throughout your entire herds. Uh, we try to limit the amount of antibiotics to to treat animals that are sick. But again, like as a as a rancher, um, our goal is to maintain the the health and quality of those animals. And part of that is things get sick and, and need to be treated yeah. just like people. Some of those, there's a number of programs that go from, you know, no hormones, antibiotics ever, all the way through, you know, you could use those. And that would be a podcast at its own to talk through all of those. Right. However, right. we do not use any, um, you know, growth enhancing hormones, um, right. you know, on the stuff that go into those more natural um, product pipelines. 
Um, like if you're selling into like a Whole Foods or something like that, like they have a very strict, um, you know, third party audited program, which right. is great because it really, you know, as a producer, it allows you to take advantage of some like, like, you know, some awesome programs that are out there. And that's definitely something that that we do. Um, but, you know, then you have stuff where like, let's say something was treated, it may not be eligible for that program, but it might be eligible for a different program. And so, right. you know, our goal, though, as a producer is to produce, you know, the highest quality premium product that we can, um, while also being very good stewards of not only the land, but also the animals, um, you know, that, 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 you know, that we have. Um, right. And, and so, you know, our, our, Finished process though is a grass-fed, uh, grain-finished, uh, but we really focus on this kind of regenerative model where you know those those animals are you know out on um, you know in large pastures. Um, right. You know we, we produce the hay that those cattle get fed during the winter time on site, and then you know we have a full feed um, kind of you know, just like a human performance nutrition program right. that, that right. we do with, with different supplements and things throughout the year. Um, all of those are like natural products though, that just help those animals maintain, um, you know, the highest quality kind of condition that, that we feel like they need to be at, you know, for different parts of that, that season. Um, and like I said, right now, like we're in the process of, of those cows calving, um, and getting kind of towards the, the tail end of that. We shifted ours a little bit later, uh, we started around April 1st, which is, was kind of our goal. Um, and, and what we did was we kind of spread those cattle out on large pastures that are, you know, coming onto green grass that are dry and clean, allowing those animals right. to spread out, which, you know, has really decreased a lot of, um, you know, uh, issues that we've had. We've had very few issues um, with things getting sick and whatnot. And, and it's actually been, a, it's been an awesome spring and um, knock on wood so far, everything's gone like really, really well. And uh, our calves look great. Our cows look great. And, you know, it's been going, going really well so far. I know you, you, you mentioned different, uh, you know, sales models and stuff. Are you guys ever thinking about, uh, you know, processing any of your own meat there and, and shipping it or doing mail order or something like that, like some of the other companies do? It's a great question. So we looked at um, the processing, especially processing in Montana is definitely like a very challenging um uh, I, I think that, you know, people saw that processing bottleneck throughout like this COVID thing. And that was like one of the biggest problems with, you know, right. a, a sustainable um, supply, you know, chain that was feeding into like different grocery stores and things. So we are, we are not personally at the moment looking at, you know, starting a, a processing plant, but we are extremely right. interested in supporting, you know, local processors here in the state. Um, gotcha. we've had countless meetings with people that, that, you know, we kind of are taking the approach. You probably have to be like really good at the production of, of, you know, cattle or the processing. And gotcha. so we're, we're, the state is absolutely working on solving that problem. And we're absolutely trying to work with the folks that are interested at doing that processing right now probably more as like a customer, but we would love to get to the point where we are shipping, you know, direct to consumers and uh, whether that's people can come on and buy kind of individual steaks all the way up to, you know, quarters or half beef. Um, that process though is, I, I definitely would call it like a kind of a stair-step scaling process. We're going to start right. with some numbers this year that we think are reasonable kind of for, for more of a local, um, you know, 
uh, clientele as we kind of develop and build that shipping and kind of what that looks like. We hope, though, um, to get to the point where we're doing more of a direct-to-consumer model where, you know, you know, friends of ours or, or folks can come online and they can put their order in and then that would be shipped directly to their door. Some of the, you know, the marketed programs that we sell into as, you know, high quality beef producers, they do mm -hmm. that. They do that very well. Um, so there will be an opportunity for folks to like, you know, go to some of those places that, that we sell cattle into. Um, right. But we are yeah. hoping by like year, you know, three that we're really kind of moving more in that direction. But the processing is a is a huge component of that, which is, is extremely challenging, especially to keep like, you know, what I'll call like a sustainable um supply chain not only from like quality but also from the you know the time frame of when right. animals are are ready for that processing um so definitely something we're like working on looking at but not something that that we probably will see ourselves like you know building our own processing plant right gotcha gotcha i i, I gotta ask this what about jerky you guys you guys you make any jerky do because I, I mean i'm 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 a huge jerky nut so yeah uh uh, you know, a good friend of mine, uh, uh, and, and former veteran who lives out here as well, they started Anthem Jerky, which I don't know. Uh, I, oh, really? Yeah, they're awesome. It's like, that is like by far my favorite jerky. Um, so we are hoping, again, that will be like another product line um, that, you know, that we're able to like supply into. We would love to supply into some specific, um, you know, guys like that that are sourcing you know, high right. quality beef that they're then, you know, but uh, yeah, Nate's a great guy. I'll get you his contact as well. He'd be awesome to have on, especially if you like jerky because. Um, oh, dude, I love jerky. Yeah. There's <laughs> I'm trying is, to, I'm trying to Google him right now. Um, is he on, in, is he on Instagram? He is on Instagram. Yeah. Anthem. Um, yeah. Check him out. And and we're going to do some like joint marketing um, with those guys too. And, but great company, veteran owned company um, and, and awesome product, like super, super good. So yeah, I mean, we're hoping again, as, as cattle and beef producers, you know, we're hoping to be able to like either supply in to folks that are already making great product and just help right. you know, enhance those products. And hopefully at some point there'll be a little belt, you know, cattle jerky line as well. Uh, probably right. not for a bit, um, you know, we're still trying to get through the, the, you know, getting the ranch established, getting our, our, you know, kind of seasonal movements. Um, we put a ton of time and effort into our grazing plans and, you know, just, you know, keeping those animals, you know, moving and, and what's best for the environment, what's best for, you know, the, the land that those cattle are on, but also at the end of the day, having like a super high quality end um, result that that you know goes into production food chains um you know but but that whole process in its own of just you know focusing right now really on just being you know really good ranchers and producers is right. is kind mm -hmm. of our our focus and then we'll kind of see where that goes you know and um but right now we feel like the foundation of that is producing the highest quality you know cattle in 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 cattle for beef production, um, that we, that we can. Yeah. Now are you, are you guys, when you guys are, are, are working your cows and stuff, you, do you work your cattle from horseback or do you, uh, do it both ways, you know, maybe quads or run them into pens and use squeeze shoots and all that, or yeah. how are you guys, how are you guys doing that? We do, I would say 
80% um, of our like cattle work uh, off horses, uh, our cattle seem to respond a lot better to that. It's just, it's, I feel like good horsemanship like kind of lends itself to good stockmanship. And um, sometimes it's just, you know, it might just be like me and the dog and a horse and it, it, it just, things move slower and you're able to just do a lot more. Um, so I feel like we, we do lots, you know, most of our actual like cattle work, I would say happens off horseback. We absolutely use side-by-sides and ATVs and things. Um, I would call those more as like kind of supplement type equipment that, you know, yeah, you got to go like take a ride through and just check on some things. Um, but but if we're making like big cattle movement, we're actually like, you know, if we're branding cattle or working cattle through, um, crowds and things like that, we generally are, are using, um, our horses to, to do most of that work. Yeah. Uh, Do you team rope at all or, or just you, I do rope just, you know, Uh, cattle in the pasture. Yeah, we haven't, uh, we do some roping for sure. Um, haven't done a lot of team work. We're trying to get a little, like little belt cattle company, uh, ranch rodeo team put together. We started doing some practice last year. Uh, on that, uh, we got a little sidetracked with all the COVID stuff and whatnot. Right. We're hoping we're, we're going to do more. So, you know, we've done, um, I would say we do a little, you know, not so much team roping, but more, um, just work roping. Um, right. but definitely something, uh, super fun. I know you're super into that. Uh, definitely something I'd like to do more of. I have some buddies who, you know, are awesome, um, calf ropers and team ropers here. Um, and so always picking up like tips and stuff from those guys, but, but not like something I've done where I'm like, oh yeah, we do, you know, competitions all the time. Right. Right. Now, how, how far are you from Chris anyway? Uh, Chris doesn't live far from me at all. He's probably about 40 minutes. Um, and we're actually going to okay. be, we're doing some work with them. I was on the phone with Chris, um, you know, yesterday, getting some things scheduled. So he's actually going to come up. I uh, actually, he's coming up to the ranch on Friday. Um, and you know, we're going to take a look at some things and then, and then do some kind of, um, you know, he's going to, he's definitely going to help us with some of our media and marketing. And obviously like he's the man when it comes to that. Um, yes. and yeah. so, yeah, we're, you'll, you'll definitely be seeing some stuff between, you know, ourselves and, and Chris Douglas. And, uh, we're really looking forward to doing some work with him because, you know, he is just awesome in what he does. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. And I, and I, and I've got to get, I've got to get scheduled with him too. We've, we've, we've talked about it and whatever, but, um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'm just going to need to come up to Montana. Okay. What I'm going to do. Yeah. You come know. on up, you know, and, uh, summer's yeah, great. But, we're getting into some great weather right now. You know, we, Montana's funny in the spring, it'll snow a bunch. And then like today it's sunny and, you know, probably 55, yeah. but you know, this yeah. weekend it was like snowing and far colder. Uh, but yeah, you should definitely come up and, and, uh, check out what we got going on. But yeah, Chris is just, um, you know, he's, he's not far from us at all. Yeah. Very cool. And then, so, cause, cause my wife is, is she's, I know she's already got a trip planned up there and I'm, and I'm probably just going to, uh, come up at the same time. She's going to um, Three Forks. How far is Three Forks from you guys? Uh, not far. It's just slightly yeah. too, um, you know, Montana's one of those places. It's like, it's kind of spread out, but it, it feels relatively close. You know, you right. feel like your neighbors right. that are an hour away is like no big deal. And um, so, yeah, they're not, not, you know, it'd be a nice drive between the two at the very least. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, Hey, um, Living in Montana and owning a cattle ranch, do you have a favorite brand of cowboy hats? Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I have a cowboy hat that I've had for a long time. That was like an old Stetson hat that I had, you know, bought, I don't know, and like when, probably when we first moved out here. And right. 
that happened, made it through like all of our moves and just got destroyed in the process. So I, I took it to a guy out of Billings called uh, Law Dog uh, Hats, and he was able to like basically like rebuild and refurbish the whole thing. And right. um, so I'm still wearing that hat and uh, he got it all cleaned up for me and looks a lot better. It's starting to get, it's starting to, get, to show some wear and tear again. But um, yeah, that's the hat that I've uh, been wearing for a while and is getting far more use um, these days. <laughs> Very cool. How about boots? You got a favorite brand of boots? Yeah. Um, I like Aaron Anderson bean boots quite a bit, um, yeah. especially for yeah. like working boots. Um, I feel like I have, two pairs of those that I kind of alternate between and they just fit my feet really well. And I've been like really happy with, with their quality and kind of durability. Um, and then I have a pair of boots from um, Carter's in uh, Bozeman as well um, that are kind of like just a good everyday, um, you know, boot, but those are the kind of the, the two that I would say I, I wear the most. Now I'm going to ask you what, what your favorite, uh, Western or cowboy movies in a minute, but I got to tell you, I was getting ready uh, this morning before to have, you know, getting ready for the podcast and stuff. And so I just flipped on a movie and don't laugh, but uh, you know how, you know how us men are, you know, we, especially us guys that, you know, we're never Navy SEALs or anything, you know, like I, like I said earlier, I, I was in the Boy Scouts, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, so I, I had to, um, shooter on with uh mark Wahlberg. Oh, nice. yeah and then and then i got my new ar laying right here on there the thing go. so i'm i'm, I'm kind of like just uh you know seal pupped out here there you go but, well, shooter's <laughs> got some interesting uh long range yeah. uh you know as yeah a, yeah i as know a, dude i know <laughs> as a former I was laughing long, yeah as a former long range shooter you know um and, and instructor <laughs> at times you know it's uh yeah humorous uh Make sure you, you know, put in that rotation of the earth for all shooting yeah, at all yeah, times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. I, I loved it. I loved it when he's laying up on that hill shooting that Denny Moore can and his dog's laying, you know, just right up by the muzzle, oh, you know, yeah. and then yeah, he, he just squeezed the one off. But oh, yeah. Anyway, I, I had to die. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fine. I mean, I guess it's better than the, uh, you know, Charlie Sheen Navy Seals, his, uh, which is also a classic, uh, you know, always good. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh well we did i gotta i gotta tell you this too we did watch uh, my wife and i uh, what, what was that one um no we watched gi jane nice. i don't know like three three four weeks ago oh yeah but oh, yeah. anyway more just getting her getting yeah. her seal team on yeah. it's good yeah I like it. <laughs> anyway i i i said all that to just ask you what's your favorite uh, cowboy movie or western movie oh that's a good question um uh i got a couple it'd be hard to uh so i loved when i was a kid and i if they came on now i don't think i'd be able to not watch um i love young guns one and two um oh dude dude you know what you know it's funny i guess gotta stop you for a minute because i love those movies i mean they're amazing and i quote them all the time I so i mean them. i say all kinds of but not very many people on the podcast out of 160 episodes have ever said that you know and 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 both of them are amazing i think young guns two uh, just a little bit more. They're really kind of different, but, uh, you know, I mean, I say, I don't think so, Dave, so many times a day, it's not even funny, yeah. you know? And, I and, think uh, I wore out those VHSs <laughs> and I remember like yeah. making my mom take me to see young guns too in the theater. <laughs> like I can, and I like those, uh, they still, like, if I watch them, like I pretty much know every word and yeah, yeah. both of those movies are just, they're great. And then I remember too, like, I also for like a classic Western um, I love John Wayne and the Cowboys. Like my grandpa and I oh, used yeah. to watch that. Um, yeah. and again, another yeah. VHS that, uh, 
that just got worn out to the point where like it didn't even work anymore. But yeah, I'd say yeah. between those three, you can't go too wrong. Yeah, that's too funny. Well, yeah, that's interesting, man, because uh, and Emilio Estevez, God, he was a great actor. You know, something else it was interesting. I read one time about that movie, the soundtrack. Uh, like he reached out to John Bon Jovi. It oh, was yeah. like two, two or three weeks before, and John Bo- uh, John Bon Jovi wrote that whole soundtrack like within a couple weeks wow. or something. It was something crazy like that. But yeah. and I love the music in it too. I, too. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, it's just great. Yeah, right on, man. Yeah, so those well, those would definitely be my probably top, uh, you know, cowboy or western movies for sure. Yeah, yeah. How about how about military movies? You got a favorite military movie? Yeah, that's a good question. Um. Oh man. Yeah. There's a lot of good ones there. Those two. Um, I got to tell you, I just watched saving private Ryan again, man. And uh, I don't know, man, that movie, just the acting, the cinematography, uh, just so much of it was amazing. That's, that's, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. I agree with you. I was actually thinking that was, you know, that's, that's like, that's just a great, just accurate, you know, just, yeah depiction one of the things i thought they nailed on that was like that kind of feeling like where they're leading up to things and almost that like you could almost feel that anticipation or anxiety yeah. like something about to happen um yeah and i thought they like nailed that um really well and and again like you said all the things you mentioned uh, that's a great um you know i thought black hawk down was was a great oh book, god yeah 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 movie. um yeah you know, again, just just really, really quality, really well done. Um, yeah, but yeah, those are those are both awesome military movies. Yeah, but there's a lot. Well, of good and, ones. and yeah, and Black Hawk Down was based on actual events too. Absolutely, so. a great book. Yeah. Um, just yeah, really. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I just I thought those were like you know very accurate, uh, really good overall um, films. Yeah, very cool. Well, Greg, hey man, it's it's been awesome having you on the podcast and and uh i know we i I just felt like we hit it off when we met in arizona man and we we just you know went to dickie's barbecue and and uh just you know i don't think neither one of us stopped talking the whole time but uh uh, and and then today now we got something fun you got something funny to tell chris well i'm saying this at the end but you're gonna you'll know what it is yeah yeah. uh, when we start (laughs) when we started recording this you know (laughs) yeah no absolutely i really appreciate uh you having us on and and you know, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to, you know, let us come and kind of talk about what we're doing and we're startup ranch in, uh, you know, 2020, um, you know, we're first generation Montana ranchers is what we like to tell people at this point. And we're learning and we certainly don't have it, uh, you know, figured out by any means, but, um, we are, you know, we're, we're doing our best. We really want to be, you know, good at this. It's something that's really important to us. Um, I think the, you know, the regenerative ranching stuff is super important and has some, you know, huge positive environmental impacts. Um, and, you know, we want to kind of help, you know, leave Montana and, and um, you know, the, the places around there better than, than we found them. And that's kind of how we're approaching this whole project. And, you know, totally a family deal. Um, I've got kids, Tim's got kids, and they're up there the whole time. And we're absolutely loving it and super rewarding. And, um, definitely something, you know, for, I, I feel like for veterans as well, just such a great fit. Um, there's so many parallels between, you know, planning and, 
Um, you know, you, you think you have the greatest plan until you step out the door and all of a sudden the environment gets to say, Mother Nature gets to say, the animals get to say. And right. I think the same skill sets that of, you know, patients kind of notice, knowing when you've lost maybe the the kind of the, the upper hand or the tactical advantage. I mean, that happens with working cattle um, and it happens, you know, in military application. And I would encourage greatly, um, you know, veterans interested in the space just because you didn't grow up. Um, you know, as a, you know, multi-generational rancher or agriculture doesn't mean it's not something that like you can't learn how to do. And there's, there's a lot of people out there that, um, you know, are, are willing to help and, and mentor. Um, but I would highly encourage anybody that is interested, don't be deterred by the fact that, you know, you didn't grow up because um, we did, certainly didn't. And I feel like that's been like hugely almost beneficial for us because we've been able to kind of take all the things we think that have worked really well at, at some other ranch operations that I think do an awesome job. And we've been able right. to kind of cherry pick all those, you know, like just great systems and, and kind of put them together and not having those kind of historical, like we have to do it like this um, has been super helpful in looking at it. I think with like a new set of eyes um, has been helpful, but also having those mentors who've been doing it, you know, for so long and can, can pass that information along. Uh, but I just, there's so many great parallels, um, you know, for, for, you know, I feel like guys like myself and Tim and kind of those skill sets that have just been so, um, you know, helpful and, and, and beneficial. And again, just, just really something I'm, I'm loving doing it. Um, every morning's a new, you know, figure out what you don't know and try to work through it and learn some right. new stuff, but it's exciting and you feel energized on, on, on doing it. And also you feel like you're, you know, you're really providing, um, you know, hugely valuable is the healthy food system in America. And we kind of right. hope that, you know, we become the uh, a great branded beef company that helps fuel adventures for people who like to get out there like we do and, you know, get after it and whatever that means, um, you know, for them. But we want to help fuel those adventures in a super healthy way. I think everybody knows now that diet plays such an important role in overall yeah. human performance um, yeah. and in health. And, you know, we want to help feed, uh, you know, our families and your families. And, and we want to fuel, you know, those adventures in a way that's good for you and good for the environment. And that's what we're trying to do at Little Belt Cattle Company. Yeah, it's awesome. Hey, where's the best place for people to follow you guys at? And do you got you guys have a website? We do have a website. It just launched actually the other day. Um, okay. So you can find us at um, littlebeltcattleco.com. Uh, okay. We are also on Instagram at littlebeltcattleco. And my wife has been greatly helpful in um, getting that going for us. And um, so, yeah, go check us out. Give us a follow if you like what we're uh, what we're doing. We just started doing that in in February, so we're kind of just you know building that out. But we we absolutely appreciate um, the support. And you know, the interesting thing with starting a cattle company is you don't necessarily have product. Uh, it's not like you start, you know, <laughs> right. you, you make a new app and it's ready to go. Right. Um, right. you know, it's a, it's a long process. Um, so we're, we're trying to build that momentum. Um, and you know, we really appreciate everybody that's bought like t-shirts and sweatshirts and just gives us a follow and checks us out. And, um, we're trying to be, um, you know, open, honest, transparent about what it takes. Anybody who has questions, you know, uh, we literally started this thing with no, um, you know, we've, we've kind of put it together as we've gone. 
Um, so if you've ever had interest in, you want to know why we do something or what we're doing or how we put the, you know, the, the branch together or the processes that we think um, work really well, uh, please reach out, give us a shout. We, we would love to talk more about this and answer any questions that you have. Awesome, man. Well, Greg, hey, man, again, I, I really appreciate you coming on. It's just, it's, it's just been great getting to know you. And, and uh, I know I'll be seeing you up there in Montana because I'm, 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 I've got I've to get something scheduled with Chris and and uh, and come up there. And, like, my wife's coming up there, too. So And I, and, and there's there's other places I need to go up there. So I need I definitely need to make a trip and would love to see you when I'm Absolutely. up there. Absolutely. Yeah, open invite. Come check out what we're doing. And, um, you know, again, kind of what a, a, a starting a, a modern branch um, operation looks like. And we'd, we'd love to show you around and, and show you what we're doing. Very cool, man. All right, Greg. Hey, man, well, you have a good rest of your day, and then we'll talk soon. I come from a long line of legendary men, sons of the desert and riders on the wind. I got a restless spirit burning deep inside of me. I ain't got much, but I'm free I've always been one to do it my own way I'm making my living between the saddle and the stage I don't know nobody, nothing Everything I got's my own Some say I'm just a band to the bone I'm a cowboy, yes I strings from the radio to the rodeo i'm gonna do my thing i don't compromise on nothing what you see is what you get i may be broken busted but they ain't killed me yet i'm a cow